Hey everyone, it's your girl Cranelli, and you're listening to Hustle and Heart, a podcast designed to help you live your best life. On this podcast, I interview tons of experts in a variety of fields, from wellness and beauty to entrepreneurship and human optimization. I do the research and get the insider scoop about all things trending for self-growth. If you find this podcast to be helpful and a good time, please remember to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. And if you love what you hear, please leave me a rating and a review. Now let's get into the episode. Hey everyone, welcome back and happy October. Um, it's been a while because I've been working from home since March uh, due to COVID. And so in all honesty, it's felt like I've been working 24-7 because I've been glued to my email. However, I'm back with the latest episode of my podcast, Hustle and Heart. And this episode is really special because it's the last episode of the first season. So the first season comprised of 10 entire episodes, all completed within 2020. And it's actually very special because just a few weeks ago, on September 12th, was the anniversary date of my first episode going live. So very excited about this. It wouldn't be possible without all of you being supportive, loving the podcast, and also being dedicated to your own self-growth. I want to thank everyone who's rated and reviewed the podcast on Apple Podcasts. We've had listeners from literally all over the world, which is really exciting. Um, whether it's the United States, Sweden, Denmark, Australia, Germany, um, and obviously parts of the Balkans too. So thank you again so much to all the listeners. It wouldn't be possible without you. I can't even express like how pumped I am to release season two, which is going to be in November. And I love this time of year because fall is actually my favorite season. It represents a time of transformation, rebirth, new beginnings, and season two is packed with all of that. I feel like during the last six, seven months that we've been experiencing living in an actual pandemic has forced a lot of us to get out of our comfort zones and really analyze the way we're living life, analyze our relationships, analyze our work ethic, analyze what's really important to us and how to really improve um, our overall well-being and our quality of life. And so I'm making sure to bring you guys so many great episodes on wellness, beauty, business, and self-growth. To stay up to date with all the latest episodes and new info, you can follow me on Instagram at hustleheartpodcast. Now, let's get into the latest episode and final episode of season one. On today's episode, I'm interviewing blogger extraordinaire Romina Boyajiu, who lives in Jacksonville, Florida. Romina's a student, she's working, she's an amazing content creator, and there's so much to learn from her if you're interested in becoming a blogger yourself or an influencer and want to learn more about the field. Romina has such a genuine personality, and I really think you guys are going to love this final episode. So without further ado, Romina, thank you so much for joining us today. 
So great to have you on the Hustle and Heart podcast. Hi, Karinara. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be on your podcast. That's really sweet. Thank you. Um, one of the main reasons I wanted to have you on the podcast was because I have not yet interviewed a blogger slash influencer, but more so because you really post meaningful content and create meaningful content. Tell our audience a bit more about where you grew up, um, what it was like moving to America, and a bit more about what your childhood was like in Albania. Let's see, where do I begin? So I was born in Berat, Albania, but my parents and I moved to Tehran, which is the capital of Albania, whenever I was two years old, I would say. And uh, I would describe my childhood, if I could um, describe it in one word, it would be freedom. And it's really weird to describe your childhood as being free, but in Albania, it's really different. For example, Whenever I was six or seven years old, I would be out with my friends playing until it was 10 p.m. And that is considered normal to this day because it's really safe. So you wouldn't think of kidnappers, sex predators, molesters, pedophiles, etc. Like that is not a normal thing. Parents didn't have that to worry about. So to this day, it's still as free as I remember and children are still playing outside and it's not like here whenever you're just constrained in your own home with your video games and cell phones it's um different but I would say it has changed with time but um the freedom and the walking at 10 p.m whenever you're six years old it's still normal to this day So yeah, I would consider my childhood as being free because whenever I moved to the U.S., it was really taken away from me because I couldn't go outside and play and it was just a culture shock. So I would, as I said, I would describe it as being free and having the freedom to do anything. Yeah, that sounds like a real culture shock, definitely. Um, European lifestyles are so different from North American lifestyles. What do you think was maybe most jarring or about moving to the United States? My parents and I moved to the U.S. in 2010. So it's been nine years this August. And uh, the relocation to Jacksonville, it was really hard because as a 12-year-old, you wouldn't understand why your parents made the decision to leave everything behind and start all over again. But of course, to this day, I completely understand it was for us. So uh, I would say that as a 12-year-old starting in middle school, it was really hard because you didn't speak the language, you can make friends, and uh, I got bullied because I couldn't speak the language, and of course I could not defend myself. So the culture shock also, the way um, little kids carry themselves, it was really different. I felt like they thought that I was less than them. And of course, that affected me with my self-esteem and everything. And I I did not understand why. Um, I had to take three hours of English class. And then once my parents um, got a job, we had to leave our host's house, which was my dad's cousin. We stayed with them for a month. And after that, we had to get an apartment, we had to get a car, we had to get a job. By we, I mean my parents. 
Um, and of course, it was really hard for them too. I don't just look at my difficulties, but I look at theirs also because they had to do all this within a month. And I can't wrap my head around how they did it because in that month they had bills to pay, they had kids to raise. And um, in that transition of moving from uh, my dad's cousin house to an apartment, that meant that I had to switch schools too. So me getting used to new things meant that I had to start over again and um, it was really hard because you felt like you made friends and um, you felt okay now that time moved on but then you had to do that over again and it was it was really hard for me I cried myself to sleep I did not want to go to school and yeah so it was I feel like I've said the word hard so many times but it was really difficult um the middle school situation definitely affected me as a middle schooler and of course that weight carried with me in high school also whenever I had to move from graduating middle school to going to high school that affected me because I felt like I was traumatized and to this day I do not like change or whenever a new semester starts at um, my university, I get this anxiety in me that I can't do it. But then I have to remind myself that it's the same thing, just different people, different professors, and that's okay. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, definitely. I think a lot of people struggle with change more than we like to admit it, I would say. And a lot of people aren't really aware of those triggers. So the fact that you were able to identify those things in yourself, um, even now from such a young age, and develop a sense of resiliency throughout the years is really admirable. I first discovered you when you wrote your blog post titled Dear Albanian Women, which I found so bold and so inspiring and so necessary um, for today's society. When did you start creative writing and blogging? And what inspired the Dear Albanian Women post? Oh god, um, this is gonna be really weird because, as I said, I came to the US whenever I was 12 years old and um, I was never taught grammar, English grammar, so I would say that my English is kind of backwards and uh, I cannot write well so it's definitely not because I like to write it's definitely not because uh, I am a creative writer not at all so ever since I graduated um, high school I really wanted to write a book I wanted to write a book about um, my life I wanted to write a book about um, how being from Albania and in the United States how it's so different females than males or straight males let's say and um, how the mentality of the women back home or the people back home it's completely different than the mentality in the United States and trying to switch that kind of mentality or trying to make your parents understand and trying to fit in with that kind of mentality it's really difficult so I really wanted to write a book about that and my life and how I got here 
and um, etc. So I really wanted to write a book, but as I said, I'm really bad at grammar. So I thought, why not have a diary online that people can read so I can hold myself accountable and hey, I'm going to write, I'm going to practice, I'm going to let other people judge my writing or help me um, become better. Um, so that's why I wanted to start a blog. So I said, why not put a diary out there that people can correct me on, um, my grammar, etc. So this is, this, my blog, I would feel like it's just me practicing how to write so I can start writing a book, even though there's editors out there, but I really wanted to learn so it's it's really weird to say that hey I wanted to start a blog so I could practice writing and then write a book um, and how my blog became successful I would say um, my blog got the big boom um, whenever I posted the Dear Albanian Women blog uh, which you mentioned in the beginning so I think that's what uh, really got me out there um, I feel like I put my heart and soul in that blog and I had so much passion and intention and that's why it made it so far but also because it was shared with so many Albanian women so it wasn't just me I also had other Albanian women write or answer a couple of questions and Zania which um, is the brand owner of Tukleta she was on your podcast I think a couple of episodes ago um, she was a part of that blog. I had an Albanian um, woman that she actually grew up with me. She was the next class over because there's um, there's like first grade A, first grade B, first grade C. She was in class A. I was in class C. Um, so we grew up with each other and I left um, to go to the U.S. whenever I was 12 and I think she left after graduating middle school or high school to go to college in the United States so reading my answers is completely different from reading her answers because she spent more time in Albania and I feel like a lot of women resonated with that resonated with growing up in Albania and then some women coming over and seeing that different mentality uh, and there, there's women that were born here and uh, we had a woman that wanted to stay anonymous because she said, I don't think my parents will like this. Um, so yeah, I had other women that wanted to write, but I was hitting a deadline that I was like, okay, I cannot wait anymore. I need to post this. And um, the blog came around the time where that Albanian father killed his daughter. So I, I was like, okay, I have to post it. It's been weeks. I need to get it out there. And uh, it took me a while to figure out the blog post because it's so long. So yeah, I think that's what got me out there and what gave me a few more fans. And it took some fans away because I had Albanian women unfollow me because they didn't like that I was speaking about it. And they did not like that they were the women that had put their head down and got married or engaged and they're not in good relationships or whatever so i think um i think it got me out there but i also think that it hit a couple females to say that okay i need to do better or 
like I can't do this anymore. So yeah, I feel like that vlog was just close to my heart and close to men so many other Albanian women that that's why it was the most viewed vlog ever. Oh, for sure. And I think that's exactly why posts like that are so important. Definitely a harsh truth because it makes people actually take a look at themselves, take a look at the decisions they've made, um, maybe because of societal pressures that they were facing or their parents' expectations or their community's expectations of them. That's why I think it was so powerful. And I think it's not only something Albanian women can relate to, but also um, Middle Eastern women, South Asian women, Asian women, even South American women. There's a really big divide when it comes to the expectations that our families and society have on us as females. And I think that post was a wake-up call for a lot of women. Uh, it's probably why you lost those followers, because it gave them a chance to, you know, be more self-reflective and take a look at their own life and the decisions they've made. Uh, it actually reminded me a lot of the, the speech by Chimamanda Ngozi Ndichie. Um, and a lot of you guys know this speech because... It was featured as a sample in Beyonce's Flawless song, um, where she says, We teach girls to shrink themselves, to make themselves smaller. We say to girls, you can have ambition, but not too much. You should aim to be successful, but not too successful. Otherwise, you will threaten the man. Because I am female, I'm expected to, to aspire to marriage. I'm expected to make my life choices, always keeping in mind that marriage is the most important. Now, marriage can be a source of joy and love and mutual support, but why do we teach girls to aspire to marriage and we don't teach boys the same? I mean, if that doesn't sum up being Albanian <laughs> or being Middle Eastern or being Eastern European or South Asian, I really don't know what does. And what I find so problematic um, about this perspective is that it undermines our capabilities just as human beings. I mean, a woman can get married, she can have a loving marriage, she can have children and a career and a side business if that's what she truly wants. Um, everything's possible with a little bit of balance, boundary setting, and outlining your own priorities in your life. Now, is it gonna be much more difficult? Well, it might be, but just imagine how much more fulfilled you're gonna feel being able to pursue a side hustle or a career that you're truly passionate about. Now, Romina, for those listening that might be interested in becoming an influencer or a blogger, what are some tangible takeaways you can share with them and some advice on how to get started? Because I'm sure there's a lot of people that might feel that the field right now is already oversaturated, um, especially with how popular social media is. Everyone, you know, is becoming a TikTok star or is, you know, a self-proclaimed influencer. Um, but in all reality, there's so many people in the world and there's really an audience for everyone. At least this is what mm -hmm. I think. Well, that is true. It is an oversaturated field because there's so many bloggers out there. But the thing is, is there's always space for one more. There's always space for two more there's so much space in this world for each one of us and it doesn't matter if there's a thousand bloggers out there or a million bloggers out there 
you matter, you know, um, your opinion, your uh, fashion sense, or whatever you want to do with your blogging career, you could do that. Um, a couple of months back, I did not know that there was bloggers for books, you know, like, and that's what I'm interested in. And now I follow a lot of people that do um, book blogs, like, for example, they leave a review about a book, they take cute pictures about a book there's so many different areas of being a blogger there can be a fashion blogger as you said you can be a lifestyle blogger or whatever you like it is an oversaturated field but there's always space for one more advice that i would give and what helped me overcome my fear of starting and how i put so many blogs out there the hardest part about being a blogger yes is the content and staying consistent that is the key staying consistent and i haven't been following that consistency because of how busy my um, actual life is with school and work and everything but one thing that I would say to people who want to start is the hardest part is starting is having that will that passion to start that is the hardest thing that you could do starting and then once you start you learn new things you know I I learned how to put a website together by myself Google um, has a lot of information out there and if you want to make it uh, google will tell you how to do it or youtube there's so many videos on youtube on how to work a website or where to get a cute website or where you need a, a purchase or create a logo for your brand there's so many things out there that you could learn by yourself you, you don't need someone else you know but it is okay to ask for help you know, I've asked other bloggers, how did you do this? How did you do that? Can you help me with this? And there's bloggers out there, there, they will give you a hand. They do not mind. They love helping others, you know? So the hardest part is starting. And then once you start, once you get everything down, the hardest part is going to be consistency and keeping up with your work. I used to, as you said, after school and after work, or whenever I would tell myself, hey, you need to stop studying for this exam, you're going crazy, I would go to writing a blog, which it's more work. But if you want to do it, you will. You know, if you have that will, that passion about doing something, you will do it. You know, it, it depends on your priorities. If it's not important to you, you will not do it. You know, I know a lot of people talk about blogging as uh, making money. But to tell you the truth, in the first year or first two years, you're not going to make anything. Um, you are going to build your company from the ground up, you know. So that's what I would say. If you want to get over that start or if you want that push for you to start do it and uh, there's a really good book that talks about personal growth um there's a book it's called girl wash your face that's the first book i read by rachel hollis and when i read that book i felt like i could conquer the world i was like you know what i'm gonna do this blogging thing who cares what everybody says i also read her second book and it was just that push that I needed in my life and to tell you the truth those two books inspired me to become the woman I am today uh, where the opinion of others it does not affect me or, or what other people think of me is none of my business and that's a quote in the book that I really love but if you want to get over that fear or if you need that little push or you need a 
reality check i feel like those two books are so good to read because it would help you feel secure in yourself where you can start your own business or your own blog or your own book etc yeah i would say consistency is key and starting is the hardest part and if anyone needs help you know where to find me so um i would be glad to help someone out there see and find what they love or if they need help on starting um i'm here to help you know that is honestly such good advice and it's so thoughtful of you to be willing to help others get started the book girl wash your face is also a really good book recommendation um it's one that i really enjoyed reading as well and you're right it's very inspirational before we go i want to make sure that all of our listeners know where to contact you you can follow romina on her instagram handle it's at romina's.life she also has a personal account um, or her influencer account which is at Romina Boyajiu. It's a beautiful Albanian name, so take a look at my notes below for the link and the spelling. Romina, thank you so much for being on the Hustle and Heart podcast. It was such an honor being able to interview you, especially for my final episode of my first season. I'm very grateful to you. I know you're going to continue to do such amazing things. I'm so excited we became Insta friends, first of all. I love the content you're always posting online. It's so positive. It's so full of love and life. Um, one my favorite post so far was the one where your boyfriend did a surprise proposal with your family that was really sweet everyone go check it out on her instagram account it's actually adorable and of course also really looking forward to reading all of the upcoming blog posts you write thank you thank you so much yes um i did get engaged a couple months back um and i i, I still can't believe it sometimes i um tell people oh my god yeah my boyfriend this and then people have to remind me your boyfriend i'm like no i'm sorry i mean my fiance um but yeah thank you